Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. My name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor here at Lighthouse. Thanks for being here today. And also, thank you guys for praying. I know some of you have already been praying for our trip. Uh, We have to have negative COVID tests before they'll let us get on a plane, something new. And uh, we all passed our tests, I guess, or failed them, whatever you want to say. So that's really good. Uh, And and just so you know, uh, we are going over to Africa to spend time with um, Pastor Stanley's widow. So Pastor Stanley was our contact over there, and he died of COVID about six weeks ago. So we're going over there to spend time with his widowed wife and their kids, and then also the 120 kids in the orphanage over there, just to let them know that we still see them, we still care about them. And then uh, we're also taking some cash along so that we can meet any immediate needs that we uh, see while we're over there. So if you want to be caught up with uh, the trip, we're going to be sending out a few updates this next week, and you just need to be on our mailing list. So if you're not on our mailing list already or email list, uh, make sure you fill out a connect card and give us your email address. So here's a question for today. Uh, do you know what your spiritual gift is or what your spiritual spiritual gifts are? Now, I see a few head nods. Uh, do, do you even know what spiritual gifts are? You know, that's a question. Some of you may not know what they are. Uh, Dr. Larry Gilbert, in his book, Team Ministry, Gifted to Serve, defines spiritual gifts as tools given by God for doing the work of his ministry. So a spiritual gift is a tool that is given by God to do the work of his ministry. Most of the spiritual gifts are listed in 1 Corinthians chapters 12 and 14, and then also in Romans chapter 12. And if you don't know what your spiritual gift is, or maybe it's been a while since you've studied that, I would encourage you to sign up for our spiritual gifts workshop. We just talked about it on Tuesday, November 12th. Now, one of the spiritual gifts that we will be discussing in that class is the spiritual gift of serving, of serving. It's listed in Romans chapter 12, starting with verse 6. It says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. So that's basically how it's listed. It doesn't define what serving is. um, But Russell Kiefer, in his book, Discovering Your Spiritual Gift, describes someone with the spiritual gift of serving as this. They said, he says, they are the ones washing dishes after we've gone home. They are the ones putting up the chairs while we crawl over them to get to the exits. They are the ones who ask if they can help carry or clean or deliver while everyone else is in their cars heading home. They enjoy the party best if they are in the kitchen or at the barbecue pit or handing out the food. We want to be served. They want to serve. So that gives you a better definition of what the spiritual gift of serving is. So do you know somebody? Can you think of somebody who might have that spiritual gift? Can you think of someone, like someone in your life? So... There are a few people that I believe have that spiritual gift here at the church. Uh, One of them is Lyndon Bontrager. Here's a picture of Lyndon with his wife, Krista. And Lyndon, I've known Lyndon for a long time, and he definitely has the spiritual gift 
of serving. Let, let me give you an example of one of the times that I really realized it. Uh, Lenny and I were at church and we were talking to someone and that person was shuffling their papers and, and one of their papers began to fall out of their hands. And so this is what was going on in my mind because I don't have the spiritual gift of serving. I grew up Mennonite, which in the Mennonite faith, they teach everyone to serve. So I, I, I am a uh, taught to be server, but I'm not a spiritually gifted server. So anyway, so this paper starts to fall. And what goes on in my mind is I'm like, oh, their paper's starting to fall. That's going to be a mess. And then, and then it starts falling even more. And I'm thinking, I wonder who should pick that up. Somebody should pick that up. It's going to hit the ground. And, and then it hits the ground. And, and I'm thinking, are they going to pick it up? Maybe I should, I don't know. It'll be awkward if, if we bump heads, if they're going down the same time as me. So maybe I'll pause and wait and see if they go for it. And then eventually I'm like, okay, I should probably do that. And then I reach down and I pick up the paper. That's someone without the spiritual gift of serving. That's me. And then uh, on the other hand, Lyndon, I don't know what goes through his mind, but at the same time, the, the paper starts to fall. Lyndon like reaches out and dives and catches it before it hits the ground. I mean, that's someone with the spiritual gift of serving. And you can ask Lyndon to do anything and he'll, he'll do it for you. Another person who has that spiritual gift in our church is Amanda Betzer. This is a picture of her with her husband, Ron. Amanda is our office manager here at the church. And uh, Amanda does so much behind the scenes. You guys probably don't even know. Um, but she just makes sure that we have programs every week, that we have paper supplies and ink and all the supplies that all of our volunteers need and our staff need. And as far as I know, she never complains about it. At least not to me. She never complains to me. Um, but even beyond that, Amanda will say yes to serving and helping people outside the church. She's constantly running errands for other people. And she has that spiritual gift. A third person that came to my mind was my wife, Rose. This is a picture of her with our daughter, Becca. And, uh, and Rose has the spiritual gift of serving. And I realized this when we got married because it used to be I would go to a cookout or I'd go to somebody's house for a party. And when it was starting to wind down, I'd be like, see ya, wouldn't want to be ya. And I'd leave, you know, and uh, just have a good old say, wasn't that such a great party? Had so much fun. Rose, on the other hand, is like, we can't go yet. I'm like, well, it's starting to wind down. We got to make our exit before it gets awkward. And she's like, no, we need to stay and help clean up. What? Okay. And so, you know, I haven't left very many parties since we've been married. I haven't left very many parties early. We just kind of like hang out and see if there's any, anything we can do to help. And uh, this actually happened yesterday. We're at a wedding and uh, as we're walking into the wedding, Rose says to me, oh, by the way, I told the bride that uh, we'd stay and clean him. <laughs> okay. You know, I got to go to Uganda tomorrow, right? I still got to pack, got to do this. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. So then after everybody does their see ya and they all leave, you know, and they're driving home happy, we're staying after and helping clean up. It wasn't terrible until she says, we have all of this extra food. I'm like, yeah? 
They had a lot of extra food. What are we going to do about it? And she said, no, the bride and groom, they're going on their honeymoon. Let's take, because they, they had like a taco bar. So they had extra onions and they had extra tortillas and they had extra meat, all this stuff. And she said, we should take it all and package it for them and freeze it for them. I'm like, really? We should do that? And we did. And we ended up driving home with the smell of cilantro all the way home. And when we got home, she took all that food and she packaged it up in freezer bags and marked them all and put them in the freezer for the bride and groom when they come back from their honeymoon. And if that wasn't enough, she said, well, they have a lot of extra salsa. I said, yeah, we should pour it down the drain, you know? <laughs> she said, no, I'm going to can it for them. So she canned their saucer, leftover salsa last night. What was it, like five jars, something like that last night? As I'm trying to go to sleep, she's like, it's only 15 more minutes and it'll be done, you know. Anyway, so that's an example of someone with the gift of serving. It's nice to have someone with the spiritual gift of serving around us. Can I get an amen? Amen. amen. Yes. But let me submit to us today, even if you do not have, which I do not have, the spiritual gift of serving, every one of us is called to serve. Every one of us is called to serve. Here's a few scriptures. 1 Peter 4.10 says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to what? Serve others. So God gives us gifts, spiritual gifts and talents to serve others. Galatians 5.13 says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. And then in the book of Matthew, Jesus himself says that we should serve others like he served. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus could have come as a demanding king, right? But instead, Jesus came to serve, to heal the sick, to preach the truth, and his last night to wash the feet of his disciples. And he did that as a model for what we are supposed to do. Each one of us is called to serve. So whether or not you have that spiritual gift or not, um, that's our topic for today is service. So we're in a series called Gathered Together, Revisiting the Purpose of the Church. And this series is all about why we should continue to gather together and meet together when there's a whole culture out there saying, y'all probably shouldn't meet together. I actually heard um, this past week of a physician that told someone in our church, yeah, you probably shouldn't meet in large groups. Oh, and you probably shouldn't meet in small groups either. You should probably just stay home for the next nine months. Wait till the flu season's over. So that's a common you know, thread in our society today, this last year and a half, is you probably shouldn't meet. So we're doing this series to remind ourselves why we should keep meeting together. Hebrews chapter 10 says, And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, 
but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Last week, we had a message called Gathered for Community, and that's one of the reasons we gather together is to develop and have godly community. And if you missed that, I would encourage you to catch that service online. You can watch it there. But a quick question, how many of you were invited over for dinner this past week? Anybody? Okay, okay. I'm just actually going to change my notes. I'm going to preach, gather for community. We're going to do that message all over again. No. Part of the message was really we need to start inviting people over, going over to people's houses, and, and establish community that way. So again, if you missed it, you can watch it online. So today we're going to be in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. You can turn in your Bibles there. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, in the New Testament. This is a letter written to the church in Ephesus by the Apostle Paul. Ephesus was a very important city in Western Asia Minor, uh, which is modern-day Turkey. And this letter was written to that church by the Apostle Paul in around AD 60 or 61, so about 30 years after Christ was crucified. And this is one of what is considered the prison epistles, because Paul wrote this letter while sitting in, pre in prison in Rome, along with Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. Okay, so I'm going to pick this up, chapter 4, starting with verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the, in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So today's message is titled, Gathered to Serve. And that's one of the reasons that we gather together is to serve God and to serve one another. And I'm going to give us some benefits of gathering together to serve one another. But first, let me pray. You pray with me. So, Father, I thank you for this letter that was written by Paul that not only instructed the church and taught the church in Ephesus, but it instructs us and teaches us today. Lord, I pray that you would guide my words so that they would be yours. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. And Lord, I pray that you would open up our hearts to receive from you today. Because if it's just me talking up here, God, uh, it's, it's meaningless. But if you come and speak to us, God, you can change our lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So you can fill this in on your handouts. When we gather together to serve, first of all, the body of Christ grows. The body of Christ grows grows. Verses 11 and 12 say, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. 
So the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, they share what God has put on their heart to share, and that is to equip the family of God. And that's not necessarily always easy to do, because sometimes God will put a message or a encouragement on our heart that is challenging to the church family. But that is how we serve you. That is how we serve the church family. I have a verse on my wall in my office from 2 Timothy chapter 4, and it says, preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. And so it's a challenge to me because it tells me always be ready to preach the word, always be ready. In fact, I got an email this morning from my contact over in Uganda, and he said, hey, you're going to be here on Sunday, right? Can you preach? And I'm like, I don't want to preach. I just want to go home. And uh, because it'll be the end of the trip. It'll be at the end of the trip. And I know we're doing this eight-hour drive and all of this. And and Lord just reminds me, preach the word. Just, Just preach the word, whether you want to or not. Just preach the word. And what he says is, he says, um, to correct, rebuke, and encourage. And, and I think, you know, I've, I've sat through a lot of sermons. I love when the sermon is encouraging. And it's just telling me, I'm, man, you're doing a good job. Just keep it up. Just keep doing those things. And I can sit there and go, whew, I feel good. And I'm walking out of here. But many times I've sat in those seats and the Holy Spirit has brought conviction on me. and says, hey. You need, to, you need to correct this. You're a little off. Or, or an actual rebuke. You've got to stop. You need to stop doing this. And that conviction isn't always fun. And there are many times when I'm putting a message together and God's going, I want you to, I want you to challenge them here. And I'm like, ah, that's not very encouraging, Lord. Yeah, I know, but I, I want you to challenge that. And that's part of what we have to do as part of the, the preaching team here at Lighthouse is we have to be willing to let the Holy Spirit use us to challenge, to rebuke, to correct. That's what we do. But the hope of that is that we will be built up, that we will be built up. I know for me, um, as I work on a message, God works on me first. So all week long, he's preaching this message to me. But even beyond that, I, many times I'll listen to a pastor teaching online, and I will listen to those sermons. And I'll tell you what, man, God speaks to me through that because I need it too. I need to be built up. And so I allow other pastors and teachers to speak into my life so that I can be built up and that there will be growth in my life. Now, the scripture goes on to say that as we grow, we mature. Verse 15 says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. And as we learn together, and as we grow together, and as as we mature together as the body of Christ, then the next step is for each of us to join in, right, and do our part. Verse 16 says, from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. If we don't all join in, the body of Christ doesn't grow up. It doesn't mature. It doesn't strengthen. Okay, that's what we need to do. If all we had here at Lighthouse 
was just pastors and teachers, it would be a sad state, right? So we would have children all over running around up and down the aisles because we wouldn't have anyone back in those rooms watching the children, right? And when we would come in, we'd have to open the doors ourselves. There wouldn't be anyone noticing us necessarily when we walked in, no greeters. And I do know that you all would be very, very grumpy if we didn't have coffee back there, right? So it's important <laughs> to have people making the coffee for us. And if we didn't have the talented folks up here on stage leading worship, then you would be stuck with me and my guitar leading worship, and you would all be very sad when you left here on a Sunday. But that's not the case. We have people who are using their gifts in all kinds of capacities here at the church, and it has grown the church, and our church has become healthy as a result. Let me give you another example from Scripture. In Acts chapter 6, the church has grown, and they've moved forward, and they've established essentially a food pantry for the widows. So the widows were going to the disciples, and they were getting a daily or weekly allotment of food. And the 12 disciples were handling it themselves. They were preaching, they were praying, they were teaching, and they were handing out food. And they weren't doing a very good job of handing out the food. And so they came together. They noticed that this was a problem. And in verse 2 of chapter 6 of Acts, it says, So the 12 gathered all the disciples together and said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, please, I can hear almost a please in there. Choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. We will turn the res this responsibility over to them and we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the word. And so they chose seven men and these men were gifted in administration and probably serving and you don't hear anymore in the book of Acts about the widows being overlooked or that there was any problem in this food distribution. So they must have done a wonderful job of it. But in addition to that, because they were doing their part, the 12 apostles were able to do their part. And verse 7 says, so the word of God spread. The number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. And a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. Luke, who's the author of Acts, uses the word so, the word of God spread. So he's using the word so as a result of those seven doing their part, the word of God spread. So it's important to use the gifts that God has given us. I'll give you another example here at the church. Uh, Carter Hartman is a student here. And last January, I heard that he had an uh, artistic ability, much like his mother, who is very artistic. And so I asked him to put together a sermon illustration. Just draw me a, a quick cartoon. It was in a sermon called Good Gardening, Pulling the Weeds That Choke Us. And I was trying to illustrate that when we watch the news and all of the bad stuff that's happening, it's bad for our soul. But when we read scripture, you know, when we put our attention and fill ourselves up with the good things, of God, then it's good for our soul. And this was the picture that he drew. Um, if you can kind of see it a little bit. So this guy over here is watching the news and he's frowning. You see that little frown that he's got over there? And then over here, this guy is reading his Bible 
It's even sunny outside. That helps too. And he's, and he's got a smile on his face. And it was helpful in the, in the sermon just to throw that up as a quick illustration. But this is what I actually gave him as a guide. I don't know if you can see that or not. So it's not, isn't going up there? <laughs> can you? <laughs> well, you can't see it. I can see it back there, but you can't see it up there. But I just wrote some, there were just some stick figures, and that was all I had for them. And uh, he did a much better job. So it's nice when people get to use their talents to serve God. It helps all the way around. So here's a question I have for each of us. What is something I'm gifted in that the body of Christ needs? What is something I'm gifted in that the body of Christ needs? Are you artistic? Are you extremely organized? Can you sing or play an instrument? See, the reality is, is that as we use the gifts that God has given us to serve the body of Christ, the devil knows that the body of Christ will strengthen and we will grow and more people will come to know Jesus. And so the devil is going to use whatever tactic he can to stop us from using the gifts that God has given us. So what I've found is that very often the devil uses lies, right? Because he's the father of lies. So he whispers these lies into our ears for us to believe to keep us from serving the church. The first lie that I hear quite often is that we are not good enough or I am not good enough. Meaning, you know, I don't have a good enough artistic talent or I'm not a good enough musician. Or what I hear a lot is I'm just not a good enough Christian. If you knew what I did last Thursday night, you wouldn't want me serving at your church. But the reality, guys, is that we're all sinners saved by grace. None of us is good enough, right? Paul, I love the fact that God used Paul so mightily in the New Testament. Paul was a pretty bad guy. I mean, not only was he a sinner, but he killed Christians. Men, women, and children, he had them arrested. He voted against them. Many of them were stoned to death. And God said, I can use you. And this is what Paul said about that in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. God will use us in our imperfections. And he will further the kingdom as a result. So just hear from me, guys. You're all good enough to serve here at Lighthouse. And you're all good enough to serve in the kingdom of God. Another lie that I hear a lot is uh, that the church doesn't need me. You know, the church, that looks like they, they just don't need me. They, they got Will up there leading worship. They don't need anybody else. But the truth is, here at Lighthouse, every team has an opening. Whether it's the children's ministry team or the greeting team or worship team or sound team, coffee team, cleaning team, you can go across. We have about 20-some teams here at the church, and they all have an opening 
So we need you. We need you. Now, as, as your lead pastor, let me say this emphatically so you can hear it from me. We need you. All right. <laughs> and so if, you're, if this is your first time here or you've been here for a while, I mean, if you're 14 years old, you know, or 80 years old, there is a place for you to serve at this church. And I, let me be, just assure you, as a result of your service, the kingdom of God will move forward. It just does. We will grow as a, as a body of Christ if we serve, if we all serve. And so if you're interested in serving, just take one of those connect cards and just write your name on it and say, I, I'm interested in serving. Turn that in at the Welcome Center. And then also at the Welcome Center, we have a list of the 20-some teams that we have here at the church. And uh, you can grab one of those lists and just kind of look through it and, and try to decide where you might fit in. And if you have no idea, you know, where you should serve, um, consider coming to the Spiritual Gifts Workshop and you'll get a better idea of how God has gifted you. And that will maybe help you to find a place to serve as well. So we need you. We need you. Uh, here's your feeling. God doesn't require us to be perfect. He only needs us to be willing. We don't have to be perfect. If we had to be perfect, we wouldn't have a pastor, just so you know. I'm far from it. That's our first point. When we gather together to serve, the body of Christ grows. Here's our second point. When we gather together to serve, we grow stronger. So not only does the body of Christ grow, but we individually will grow stronger Verse 13 says, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants. Then we will no longer be infants. So as we serve each other and as we serve Christ, the body of Christ grows. But as a result, each of us grows stronger as well. Our service strengthens us. Scripture says, then we will no longer be infants. No longer be infants. And I was thinking about that this week. And I was looking at some of those uh, videos on YouTube of babies, you know, the cute ones. And because I, I, love, I love babies. Um, we don't have any grandkids yet. Maybe we should have another baby. Just so we have no more. Rose says no. No more babies. But I was looking at this video because this video uh, was about like babies saying no, you know, like their parents would tell them, don't do that. And the, and the baby would go, no. And the parents would, they'd laugh. No, really, you, you shouldn't do that. And then, you know, it was really cute. You had that, you know, like an 18 month old, no. And it was so cute. And, and then the reality is if that 18 month old turns into an 18 year old, and they're saying no, it's just no longer cute, is it? Yeah, don't be poking anyone here. <laughs> but what's cute as a baby is no longer cute when they're like a teenager. And why is that? Because there's an expectation that maturity happens as time goes by, right? Do you guys realize that we can be Christians for a year Five years, 10 years, 15 years, 30 years, 
and never mature. Yeah, I've seen it. And it's not, it's not very cute, is it? One of the ways that we mature is by serving, by choosing, no matter where you're at in your walk with Christ, whether it's your first day of following Jesus or you've been following Jesus for 50 years, is to choose to serve God and to serve others. And as we do that, that creates spiritual muscles within us, spiritual muscles within us. As we use them, they grow stronger. I'll give you a quick example. So a few winters ago, I was over at my in-law's house and they had ice in their driveway. And so I got out the shovel and I got out like a hammer and I started beating on this ice and scraping it up and trying to get all the ice out of the way so they wouldn't fall down. And after we were done, or after I was done, I, I came inside and I, I remember sitting down at the chair on the couch and my hand was shaking. It was just shaking because I haven't used those muscles in a long, long time. Now, I grew up doing construction, so I used to use a hammer every day, you know, all day long I would use a hammer. And so 45 minutes of swinging a hammer and my body couldn't even take it. I have a snowblower now. So it's very different. It's even self-propelled. I just walk behind it and with my headphones on and just walk around. And so the reality is that I've, I've realized as I get older, I need to stretch my muscles. I need to test my muscles so that they don't fall apart whenever I try to like shovel a drive. And so I started lifting weights and it's helpful. I'm, I'm looking forward to winter. This winter, I can use a shovel and it, it won't kill me. But isn't that true? I mean, we know that in life that our muscles will atrophy if we don't use them. But if we challenge them, if we stretch them, if we push them to their limits, our muscles grow to take on that new challenge. That's true for us spiritually. As we have opportunities to serve, even, you know, I was joking around last night um, about Rose, you know, wanting to take care of all of this food but there was part of me that was saying, Clint, you need to just do this because you need to grow too. Because I know that as I buckle down and as I serve others, God's going to strengthen me. And that's what he does for us. That's what he does for each of us. So you can write this down. Spiritual growth happens when we take out the trash. Nobody likes taking out the trash. But when we take out the trash, whether it's at home, where we work, in church, it will grow us. We will grow when we learn to serve others. So when we gather together to serve, the body of Christ grows, and then we grow stronger. Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofvineyard.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.